This is the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week for November 23, 2019, building lasting legacies through podcasting. Jeffrey Epstein's guards brought up on charges, and thanks to this scandal, JFK assassination conspiracy theories are a thousand percent more plausible, the worst hand-me-downs you could possibly imagine. The Forgotten Apollo 12, first contact carved into jade stones, and passing down belief systems and bad habits from fathers to sons. Jason Cousineau and Eric Render King Fisk, that's me, talk about the reason why we do this podcast. Spoiler alert, it's for you, our listeners. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for the week of November 23rd, 2019. Thanks for listening. news I thought this week was um, the two of Jeffrey Epstein's guards or the two guards that were supposed to be guarding him and keeping an eye on him before he committed quote suicide were arrested and brought up on charges and the charges of what what were the charges neglect dereliction of duty um, yeah something like that the interesting thing is at least according to some reports the one of the guards is not a it's not that's being a guard is not their primary job they're a cook right so also learned how to be a job uh, a guard right and the other one was actually just covering for someone who normally and they normally don't work that jail so it's it's all in all of the prison movies i've seen those are called patsies right um and what did lee harvey oswald we're going to get to lee harvey oswald in a second too um, with all of this that's that's going on, um, not even sure. I'm, I'm not even sure how to qualify this. I'm not even sure how do we actually address the fact that it sounds it's it sounds like these guys were brought in because of the constant noise that's being made about Jeffrey Epstein's murder, as it were, and it, um, probably the authorities thought that this would just go away. This would just this would just quietly go away. Nobody, people were going to forget about it. There's going to be some new sensation, some new shiny thing that was going to take people's attention away. Like, oh look, we have the impen- uh, the um, uh, impeach- impeachment hearings. Yeah, that's the ticket. We we uh, we have these impeach. Yeah, don't don't look at this other thing over here with with the Epstein. Yeah. Look at this impeachment thing over here. Yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. And uh, Trump's guilty of something. Yeah, that's the ticket. Uh, yeah, um, quid pro quo. That's the ticket. Yeah. And, and that's th- see, that's the thing that really kind of drives me nuts, though, right? Is you've got this impeachment hearing going on. And depending on what news channel you read, it's going awesome for the Democrats or it's going right. horrible for the Democrats, right? Yep. Depends on where you get your news source, which only just reinforces how biased all of our news sources are. Right. Okay. So trying to read between the lines is there's an impeachment process going on and no one has any fucking idea what the hell, how it's going. Right. That's the only thing I can draw. Right. No, there's no consensus right. across, there's, across there's, both parties. Normally, when you read two part two news sources who are at op- odds with each other, wherever they intersect is the truth. And so far, the only place that they intersect is that 
this person said this, but no one knows what the hell it means or how it's going to impact anything. And there is an impeachment process going on and both sides are claiming victory. And it's going to be great for both sides, but it's going to be awful for both sides. So we don't really fucking know anything. We really don't, which is just annoying to me. And then you've got the whole, the, the guy, the man that was either in charge or the biggest player in the largest modern slavery ring, leaving aside the pedophilia for now, modern slavery, something everyone in the world wants to think we eliminated in the 19th fucking century is still going on. And we have the big guy who has ties with very, very powerful people, conveniently, quote unquote, committed suicide, even though he probably didn't have any reason to expect that this was going to go any differently than the slap on the wrist he got like 17 years earlier. So what the holy fuck? Well, so we've got these two things going on and no one knows anything. Really. No, no, nobody, 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 nobody knows. Well, obviously somebody knows. Somebody knows everything. Somebody knows uh, who killed Jeffrey Epstein and why. That's that's an obvious PhD and duh. Everybody knows. Everybody knows this, that, and the other thing. Every yeah. everybody every somebody knows everything, and everybody knows somebody knows everything. That's just the, that's just the way. It, that's just a that's just a fact. That's just the way it is. That yeah, somebody somebody time, somebody I mean, is behind the scenes with this um conspiracy and well here's here's the problem with the conspiracy though right is epstein this distraction for the impeachment or is the impeachment the distraction for epstein no i i i am of the opinion that the um i want to believe that the impeachment is the distraction from epstein's murder and the entire the the entire situation that was surrounded Epstein's murder um because the thing is is a lot a lot of big huge big name players are involved with the Epstein I don't even know what to call it scandal what um sex ring sex uh, sex slave ring um the the and there are there's so many big names that are involved with this you know, I mean starting with Bill Clinton and possibly Donald Trump there are all these names associated with this controversy, with this scandal. I think is scandal a better word. Um, and I don't really know, to be honest. Well, I mean, that's, and that's part of the problem. What the hell do we call it now? And then, as soon as I said the word scandal, then of course the the the, the words royal family came to mind. Right. Um, so the thing, it gets to my original point: is that they're trying to go, they're trying to go through all these grapevines here. Or the shrubbery, or the hedgerow, or whatever this is, and you know, cut through the BS and get to the bottom of who had Jeffrey Epstein killed and why. What what were they afraid that Jeffrey Epstein was going to say? And by a, a, arresting these two guards and bringing them up on charges, I guess I guess the charges are dereliction of duty. They think that it's like if they put the heat on these two guards, the two guards are are, are going to spill the beans. And hopefully the lawyers of these um, two guards are saying, look, if you want to live, <laughs> here's what you're going to say. Um, yeah, but I mean, this is just so, I don't know how to, how to fucking phrase this. It, this is all, it's all theater. 
it's all designed to pull the wool over our eyes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people understand that, but what can we do about it? You know, I don't think there really is much we can do about it. It's, it's just, we've, this is a situation our world is in. The rich and the powerful can do whatever the fuck they want. And they make a modest effort at pulling the wool over our eyes just so that for propriety's sake, we can all agree that, well, this is, here's another story of what could have happened. Right. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Even though we all know it really is not plausible and it's really not how things really went. You know, so it's somewhat fucking infuriating and insulting, to be honest, because now they're making us complicit in their lies. Not in any way that would stand up in a court of law, but certainly in a way that when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we're thinking, did I just, am I passively aiding and abetting in modern slavery, modern sex slavery of children? I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously, we've talked. Really, we're, we're delving into conspiracy theory levels here. I mean, oh, sure. <laughs> let's, just, let's just flat out admit that so that there's no one out there going, ah, oh, these guys are just conspiracy theorists. Well, we're not saying we're not. Well, no, we're not, but, saying, we're not saying that at all. I mean, we and we own that. We own right. the fact that we dabble in conspiracy theories. One of the reasons why we started a podcast was that so we can talk about conspiracy theories. Right, because not all conspiracy theories are fake. No. Um, I think you know, that, I is th this one fake? I have no idea. No, I mean, listen, it's not, I don't think it's a coincidence that here, here's a guy who had a pedophile ring, child sex slaves were provided to some of the highest members of society. And we were all saying, oh yeah, wa watch him die in prison. Watch him die in prison. Only to have to turn around and see him die in prison. Right. And not only highest members of society, highest levels of society. We're not talking about U.S. society. We're not talking about English society. We're not talking about Italian society. We're talking about the world society. I mean, we don't need, he, for all we know, he actually, in his little black book, has information about fucking Putin. Oh, we really oh yeah. Know. Oh, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. We know how high it goes, but we don't know how high and across it goes. We don't know how many other leaders world leaders this involves and and we're and we're just speculating a, a hypothesis here to take a line from miller's crossing um but the but the big but the biggest problem that a lot of us have with all of this is that we were all joking about how oh just watch jeffrey epstein is going to die in prison and then he dies in prison and then all of a sudden it was just like oh my god now now the conspirators are blatant in what they're doing and they're eliminating all the they're eliminating the biggest suspect of all and, and they're probably going to go like start whittling people down that's why all the jokes about you know hillary clinton you know um killing people and whatnot is is so funny in the gallows humor sense of funny um a, a perfect example and i posted this on on facebook and i was surprised at how um how quickly it it ran away and so many yeah. people shared it i said um and i wrote this on november 19th shortly after the news of the prison guards were arrested please join the clintons by offering prayers and support to the family of the two federal guards who are supposed to be guarding jeffrey epstein but quote fell asleep unquote on the job 
These two former guards are going to te- were going to testify in their defense, but sadly committed suicide this coming Friday. Right. And, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I mean, it's funny because we think it's somehow true that we think that these guards are going to be suicided before they can testify. Well, no, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we do, but at the same time, there is a, there's a very real belief among people out on the street that, yeah, this is a conspiracy, but that doesn't mean it's not true. And if we start, if we're really getting to that point where we're taking conspiracy theories with a shrug of our shoulders and going, it might actually be true. what What the hell? is going on right you know is our world really that fucked up where we're actually willing to casually entertain some really extreme conspiracy theories yeah do we really believe the clintons can order the death of somebody and make it happen and make it look like a suicide and everyone will just buy into it it's do we really believe that yeah we i don't know if we do or not jay i i I don't want to (laughs) i don't i don't want to believe that this is possible i i I mean here's the thing I don't want to believe that Hillary Clinton has the power to suicide people. It's like my dad's um, uh, oldest friend, Ed Rauer, had posted on my Facebook page. It would be really unfortunate if something accidentally on purpose happens to Mr. Fisk in the coming days. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, But And and we talked about uh, last week, Trevor Noah... Was it last week or the week before? Trevor Noah making a joke about it with the Clintons. Like, hey, Hillary, how did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? Ha, 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 ha. Right. Which is just, again, just really kind of reinforcing everything, right? By him making that joke, now she can say, oh, come on, it's a joke. We all know it's a joke. I was joking about it on national television, which is par for the course for how she handles things, you know? She was responsible for not following through and making sure that one of our ambassadors had adequate security for his safety. That man ended up getting killed and violated, and we're not sure in which order, in a very graphic manner before he was set on fire. And in court, in, when she was standing in front of Congress, she was saying, what does it matter? Four people died. Four Americans died. Well, that is the fucking point. Why did they die? They didn't have to die. And we're trying to find out why they died. But she gets dismissive of it. And then the people who support her blindly can just say, well, she already addressed it. She she testified in front of Congress. No, she didn't. Well, she testified in front of Congress, but she didn't address anything. She didn't say anything. She didn't answer any of their fucking questions in a way that actually led to any fucking answers. You know? And then you've got this asshole in the White House who is allegedly from the other party, who doesn't seem to give a shit about his own impeachment. You know, he's very blasé about the entire thing because his ego is so fucking huge that he just can't consider that he might be doing something wrong. And you've got people on on that side of the aisle that are just a fucking rabbit about it. And it drives me nuts. It really does. It drives me up a wall when people refuse to see that someone who happens to be in the same political party that they are is doing something wrong and they refuse to see it and refuse to do anything about it. I think that the biggest problem that we're having right now in trying to get to the bottom of what actually happened is a sense of denial. Like you can, 
if you're a Republican, you, you cannot admit that maybe Donald Trump has something to do with this. If you're a Democrat or a Clintonoid, you cannot imagine or entertain for a moment that the Clintons have anything involved in this. It's a moment where it's like you have to take a, like a nonpartisan step backwards and actually honestly look at yourself and, and is it at all possible that one of my, my political darlings had something to do with this? Um, and my, uh, another concern that I have is that at what point have we talked about this too much? Um, cause, cause the thing is, is that, I mean, we want to keep, there's a balance that we have to keep like on the, on the one hand, we want to just let everybody know they should not forget about Jeffrey Epstein. People should not forget, um, what happened, what Jeffrey Epstein is accused of doing and the mountain of evidence that something awful is going on. The, the, the mountain of evidence that, that proves without a shadow of a doubt that he was involved in a child sex ring, child prostitution, child sex slavery, whatever it is you want to talk it, it's evil and nefarious. Th that without a doubt is true. It's undeniably true that something awful was, was happening under the roof of all of Jeffrey Epstein's homes or establishments, places of business, whatever you want to call it. And the fact that he was making so much money and we can't even figure out, we don't even know how he made his money other than it was probably bribery, probably. And it, and it involves so many people on so many high levels, it's mind boggling to think about. We should keep all of this in mind. At the same time, we should not be boring our listeners to death with just constantly like beating the drum on this. Um, I mean, I mean, and, and let's just, and and let's admit it's funny to keep you know the the memes that keep popping up. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. So a lot of those. Oh my god! And I saw an article where they said, "Can we finally stop with the memes already?" And yeah. It's like okay, no, <laughs> no, we can't. Because somebody had said we need to put an end to these Jeffrey Epstein memes because they're not going to. It's this this meme is not going to kill itself. Um, <laughs> But I and the we're not going to perseverate over this for too much, other than the fact that a I'm very interested to hear what the guards have to say about this, and second of all, I'm I'm concerned about what might happen to the guards. I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm concerned about what's going to happen to the guards. Um, right, and that's the thing is, is their tools, their pawns, and if they're whoever they are willing to take out someone like Jeffrey Epstein at the height of his news presence. What are they going to do to a couple of, forgive me, no name guards? Do we even know the name of the guards? I'm sure we can find them somewhere. Right. I haven't read an article that mentioned them, but and even if they did, I wouldn't say their names, but it's still one of those things that you kind of look at and you go, they're killing people. To prevent the story from coming out. That's the scary. Or they seem to be willing to. That seems to be the scariest thing of all. Talk about having... Now, when you take into account we're talking about slavery, we're talking about child slavery, and it's not exclusively children. And kidnapping, um, too. We forgot kidnapping. Right. Kidnapping. There's kidnapping going on. There's slavery going on. There's forced prostitution going on. 
and it involves children as well as an adult, right? So when you combine all of that, and then you look at just those four things, they have no regard for human life. No. So of course, getting them, for them, finding a couple of guards that they can hang out to dry and make it look like they were incompetent so he was unable to kill himself. Of course, they're going to be able to get those guards to be complicit with them and tell those lies. And then quietly, they're going to have car accidents and die. Right. Or possibly, unlikely, but possibly, they may come into a lot of money and win the lottery. Who knows? They had a rich uncle they never knew about who died, and suddenly they're making a shit ton of money so they don't have to work anymore. Sure. Because who would hire them in their chosen professions anyway? Well, I mean, listen, there's always somebody who's willing to... um there's always a publisher that's willing to buy a story in the hopes that it becomes a best seller blockbuster that they can option off for a movie. But with the people, if these people are really as powerful as we think they might be, then they're not going to let that happen. We don't know. I mean, we can, we can, we can say that definitively. We don't, we don't know. Right. Um, speaking about other things that we did definitively do know as it yes. were, because I really, it is another anniversary of the assassination of Jack Kennedy. And I, because we've spent a lot of time talking about this on other podcasts, I always like to bring it up on the week of the anniversary. And um, this year's anniversary is different for the sense that there's another conspiracy that's in the news, the aforementioned Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Um, I think that people have sort of turned the corner or turned the page on this. Whereas, listen, if, th if this conspiracy can happen, and this conspiracy theory about Jeffrey Epstein seems true, then it's logical to assume that this um, conspiracy theory surrounding Jack Kennedy not being killed by Lee Harvey Oswald is probably also true. There's a mountain of evidence that has slowly been driveling out about other people who were who were involved in a conspiracy invo involving the assassination of Jack Kennedy and the people who were um who have come forward and said, "Hey, listen, here's here's what I know." Perfect example, E Howard Hunt's son, St. John, released an article or a series of articles saying that his dad E. Howard Hunt confessed hours or minutes before he died that he was the money man behind the assassination. He's the guy who paid the assassins, and and I I don't I don't know I don't know why that that didn't make headlines when it was first released. Rolling Stone has an article on this. I think it is actually from uh, uh, Saint John Hunt, who came out who who wrote the article for Rolling Stone. Um, and, and it's it's in the show notes for um, News of the Week for November twenty uh, third, two thousand nineteen. The article that I'm talking about from uh, from uh, um, uh, Saint John Hunt and what he had to say about his father. Um, and there's a lot of people who've done a, a lot of really great work and says here's somebody we need to look out, like um, George de Morenshield, who uh, it turns out was. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald's babysitter, as it were, somebody who was keeping a close eye, keeping close to hand, uh, 
keeping a close eye on Lee Harvey Oswald and and um, making sure that he was where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there on um, on on this day in history. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm I reached out to Dick Russell, who has written a series of articles on the JFK assassination. And the, his series of articles that has been written in the past 50 years is in a compendium called On the, Tra- On the Trail of the JFK Assassins. And these articles date back to the early 70s and, and perhaps maybe even the early 60s. And it's, it's, about, it's about his thought process in, in, in seeking down the people who... Um, and I know that this sounds crazy, like the, the gunman behind the grassy knoll, the money men. He, he did articles looking into the suspects in Jim Garrison's case against Clay Shaw. And what a lot of people don't seem to re- re- remember is that, that Clay Shaw admitted that he used the alien a- alias Clay Bertram. And it wasn't until around the time of Clay Shaw's passing, that he was an actual asset to um, uh, the, the CIA. He was actually an informant or an operative. And, and I, I think that we've come to the point where if people, people are looking at what's going on with Jeffrey Epstein, and they're saying, well, if this is true about Jeffrey Epstein, if Jeffrey Epstein could be killed in such a way by high, powerful people, then it's safe to assume that the same thing must have also happened to Jack Kennedy. And you look at all the policies that well, Lyndon Johnson well, yeah, enacted. Not just, not just JFK, but how many other people? How many other people who have, who have committed suicide or been killed were because of, I mean, now you're, you can kind of, if you follow that out and you extrapolate that out to the furthest end, you start going into the what is it the 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 uh, fucking the Vanderbergs whatever the hell it is. Yes, go ahead. Yes, you know it could be. I mean, how far out do you how far down that rabbit hole do you want to chase it? How far is it? Are we? How far are you prepared to go? You know, I mean, it's just kind of crazy to think that. We might literally live in a world where that is something that happens. Right. That there are people who can push things. Now, are they literally controlling the world? I don't think so. But are they able to make things happen if it really in their minds needs to happen and hang the consequences? Well, apparently. Yeah. Now, that sounds kind of crazy. Sounds actually really crazy, but if Jeffrey Epstein, quote unquote, was committed suicide, right? Then isn't it also possible that JFK, because there's so much evidence to the contrary, was or there's so much evidence to support it? Rather, isn't it possible that JFK was not killed by Lee Harvey Oswald? And if those two facts are real. If you take those as facts, if you accept them as actual truths in our world, then, you know, the, the Smithsonian having actual evidence of giants having existed at one point on the earth but are afraid to mention it, that could also be true too. 
if you know the government or the Vatican rather having proof that aliens have visited the earth and there are ancient archives that could also be true as well it's it's a Pandora's box that I think a lot of people are afraid to open because of what it might mean for reality, for the, the way we perceive reality in our world today. Now, that doesn't mean any of that is true. In fact, most of it is probably just bullshit. But it's an interesting question to ask yourself. And, and, and the, the stink of crazy has been removed from all of this. Yeah. I think what's happened in the news for the past three months, now all of this seems a little bit more plausible. Is does plausible sound like a like a like a good word for it? I mean, does Well it's it doesn't sound as so out there. It doesn't sound as crazy to hear people say shit like that nowadays, which I think personally ruins a lot of my fun in entertaining thoughts of crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah, I think that the the thing that I, I is it a sense of loss that I feel that um, we we no longer have the cachet of being crazy? Like we're <laughs> we're out on the fringe. Does it? Because right. the thing is, it did kind of Damn like. It, did, I want to be the crazy one again. Did, didn't didn't we kind of enjoy being out in the cold in the fringes of society because we really sort of enjoyed that kind of like the bitterness, like, oh, we'll show them someday. Someday they'll see the light. And now that right. everybody sort of sees the light, we're a little less special. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, damn it. Damn it. I guess I didn't want them to see the light. What the hell? Damn it. I was special. I, be I, I, <laughs> I, I believe something nobody else believed. And now that everybody believes it, I'm not special anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be special again. Well, I mean, that's uh, the truth is, is that's part of it, right? It's like the old, the old New England joke, and this is a joke for people who don't live in Boston. Is only in Boston can they be pissed off and angry that they've had a full trifecta in sports. There was one year where the Red Sox actually won the World Series. Yeah, Patriots won the Super Bowl. And the Bruins won the Stanley Cup, and people were bitching because it wouldn't happen next year. <laughs> and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is why I don't follow sports because you people are out of your goddamn mind. Hey, Carla, can you believe it? Those those silly retards, the Celtics didn't win the pennant. Retards, right? <laughs> right? It's like, oh my god, can't you just enjoy the moment? Just just take one second to say, hey. Our team's done good this year. No, they can't do that. It's just not in their DNA. It's not wired in their DNA. I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna grab a beer and hang out. It's gonna talk about how wicked pissa it is. The Celtics <laughs> didn't bring it home. <laughs> you know, it's, and it's like a badge of honor. That's the part that I don't get. It's like they don't want to. They they want to have their team win, but they enjoy bitching about their team not winning more than they want to have their team win. It's New England derangement syndrome. You're not happy unless you have something to be angry about. I, I don't get it. It's just it's it's messed up. It really. We is. should we it's, should be happy that everybody is starting to believing these conspiracy theories are actually true. They're they're more conspiracy facts. And the thing is, is that oh, now everybody's going to have a podcast on conspiracy theories now, right? It's like, <laughs> come on, 
you know. I'm gonna be dilettantes. I'm gonna be that hipster that says I was a believer in the conspiracy theories before it was cool. I was just about to say that sort of fucking emo. I, I was going to be like the the hipster with a with a with a with a goatee and the and the and the peg leg pants sipping my sipping my chai latte um, at at Starbucks saying, yeah, I was I was into conspiracy theories before they before they sold out and went mainstream. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, and it kills me. It kills me because at some point you lose track of like we're making fun of all this, but right. you lose track of the actual weight of impact. We're actually making fun of, of ourselves, which is the, which we've, we've fortified with self-deprecating humor. We can check that off the list, but go ahead. <laughs> but it's, it's actually kind of scary. What if those conspiracy theories are true? What if they in the scientific archeological community absolutely have irrefutable proof that there were aliens who visited the earth who, um, manipulated our genetics to create the human race who were worshipped as gods by our ancestors who also created giants that they then took with them when they left and what if they have irrefutable proof of all this shit and there's a bunch of you know old white guys sitting in stuffy rooms wearing bow ties and suits that are going oh they'll never believe it Jones we, we can't let that get out there you know, I mean, what if all of that is actually true? Does it really change anything? And if it doesn't change anything, then what's the problem with people entertaining those thoughts? Well, because here's the thing. If it, if, it, if it all turned out to be true and everything that we've been speculating on turns out to be true, and, and people start accepting the, the, the fact that there, there's, there is a supernatural and that there really are such things as ghosts and aliens and aliens abductions and ancient alien um, uh, 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 moon bases. And the face on Mars is actually was carved by inhabitants uh, on Mars tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago. And that UFOs really are aliens coming to, to check up on us and make sure that we're doing okay and there's a couple of space perverts. Oh, hold on. <laughs> space perverts. <laughs> Wandering the universe, abducting people and playing with their with 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 their anal probes. And um and and now all of a sudden it's like, well, now what are we going to podcast about? Because the things that the thing that we talk about every week on a weekly podcast is now mainstream. Now Brian Williams is just, and in another story, I was in a UFO the other day, <laughs> and we were we were. Have taking- you ever seen the sh- the television show? It's a Canadian television show called Letter Kenny. No, I have. I haven't. Oh my god, it is hilarious, and it usually starts with a cold open of this this guy standing in a field, and he goes, "So I was hanging out with my friends the other day." And then it proceeds to launch into the rest of the show, which is about something absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous, right. but is also precious and wonderful. Right. And it sounds just like one of those cold opens. <laughs> you know? It's like, so I was so in <laughs> I was I was captured by a UFO the other day. <laughs> 
so. <laughs> <laughs> the hell world do we live in, man? I think we. I think that we live in a in a crazy world, Jay. Um, we do. This is this is my seamless trans transition into, and Holly Gonzalez had posted a link to this that we shared on the Metaphysical Connection group page. Infant skeletons wearing, quote, helmets, unquote, made of other children's skulls stun archaeologists. Yeah. And there's a picture of this, and it was just like, you think our modern society is messed up? (laughs) I'm going to read this again. Infant skeletons wearing helmets made of other children's skulls stun archaeologists so you took a dead a dead kid that's a little bigger than yours clean out that kid's skull and then you're making the, your your kid wearing this other kid's skull as a helmet and then he passed away so you buried the, your kid wearing somebody else's skull helmet yeah I'm trying to wrap around my head around, is that really inventive and creative or is that just sick? I mean, I mean, I mean, you talk about your gross hand-me-downs. <laughs> oh, I don't want those. That's from Cousin Earl. You know what he did in his pants all the time? <laughs> you know, and then... Of course, you. There's a part of you that wonders if there were some parents out there. They're like, "Oh, oh, that was, that was Malavent's skull. We can't use that one. That boy had some really demented thoughts." Yeah. Or maybe they thought that, well, we're just we're going to kill him, and since he's not using it anymore. Well, then you think about the process too, right? You know, there's there's some schmuck somewhere whose job it is to take these dead kids, cut their heads off, pull out their jaws. Carve out, you know, all of the, all of the the bones at the bottom, so that you can actually wear it as a hat. And in the meantime, he's sitting there saying, "So, did you hear about that fuck Epstein? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the motherfucker, quote unquote, committed suicide as he's cleaning out an infant's skull. You know, I mean, I'm just gonna- there's an entire process that gets involved just creating a helmet from a human skull that you got to wonder about the people that did it." I'm going to read this from Gizmodo, which is taken from another article, which I'll reference in a second. Archaeologists in Ecuador have uncovered evidence of a previously undocumented funeral rite in which the head of the recently deceased infants were adorned with the skulls of other children. Scientists can only speculate as to the reason why. The new study published earlier this week in Latin America Antiquity is understandedly titled... Unique Infant Mortuary Rituals of Salingo, Ecuador, 100 BC, which means 100 years before Christ. Obviously, for those people who don't speak um, gibberish like I do. Unique? Uh, Yeah, you could certainly describe it as (laughs) that as archaeologists have previously documented ancient burials in which human body parts, including heads, played an important ritual purpose. But this discovery in which children's skulls were used as helmets for dead influence is unlike anything seen before. No kidding, really. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, and the pictures of this is almost vomit-inducing. 
I mean, it's these are really gruesome pictures. Yeah. Well, they would have to be. But yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, we know we know mankind in general is capable of some really gnarly shit. Oh yeah. We know this. Oh yeah. You look at the fact that there is almost, to my knowledge anyway, and I may be wrong on this, every culture in the United States, or in the world, not just the United States, in the world, practice slavery in one form or another. Yeah. Every single one. Okay? We recognize that as being morally reprehensible, but it is a fact of our past. Yeah. Okay? You look at every continent as a society on it that shows evidence of cannibalism, whether it's ritualized or just a daily, you know, part of their food source. Yeah. Every continent also has evidence of human sacrifice. So mankind is capable of some really, really fucked up shit. Really awful stuff. Yeah. Really it is. Really horrible things. Horrible things. And you, there's a part of you that looks at all of that and you look at what we can do with the technology that we have now, you know, like the internet, for example, right? The internet is a way for us to communicate instantaneously with virtually everyone across the globe who has access to it. It's a limitation of access to the technology, not a limitation of ability, right? So, I mean, I saw a picture in the newspaper of uh, a, a person herding cattle in Africa and they had a cell phone in their hand. Now, I don't know if that's doctored or not. I like to think it is because if you're herding cattle in Africa and you can afford a cell phone, I'm a little curious as to how the hell you got coverage. Yep. But whatever. Um, we have access to the sum total. It's incredible to think about, right? And then you realize that, you know, thousands of years ago, the library of Alexandretta burned to the ground. And that was the closest thing the ancients had to the internet. That was uh, a decades long goal to create the repository of the sum of human knowledge. And then it burned to the ground, which according to some scientists means it set us back technologically by a thousand years. And where would we be today if it wasn't for that burning? Well, it, yeah. I mean, think about it this way. Would would we finally have our flying cars if the library at Alexandretta hadn't burned to the ground? Most likely. Right? What would our how would our lives be different? You know, because the other thing too you have to remember is science fiction forms future science fact. Yeah. Like we had flip phones because of Star Trek. There was no reason for us to have a cover over the phone other than it reminded them of Star Trek. You know, um, the way we make things with our technology and what we try to make with our technology is formed about by, as a child, us seeing something in science fiction say, Mommy, I want to do that. And then, you know, decades later, you've got the money, the resources, and intellectual capacity to make it happen. You know, so how would our society be different? Would there even be a Star Wars or Star Trek if the Library of Alexandretta had not burned to the ground? No, oh, no, that would, that, that, would, that would be called current events in the nightly news. Right. Would it? Or would there be, you know, because 
think about what was popular culture back then, right? You were looking at the myths yeah. of, of the demigods at that point, right? So Archimedes' death ray, um, all of the things that we can't reproduce that we think they actually use, like the Antikythera mechanism, we actually would... Our modern technology would be based on that. Whatever so, the yeah, fuck that is. Whatever it is. The, right. Would we not care about would we not care about magnetic north at all? Who because knows? According to my understanding anyway, the Antikythera mechanism and a lot of the ancient technology was based around celestial navigation, not magnetic navigation. So, you know, would would we be would would we think that astrology is a science? Would we approach it that way? There's some fundamental differences that would be in our society because of the origins of the technology. Right. You know, and it's, I don't know, to me, it's, it's entertaining to kind of consider those sorts of things. But with all of the technology we have, most people, it's a joke now, but most people are watching funny cat videos. <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> or or doing podcasts on the paranormal, supernatural, and conspiracy theories. Yeah, you know, or watching porn. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of how humanity deals with things, right? Yeah, like one of the best-selling books in what was it, 2015 or 2016, was an adult coloring book. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen! Well, is it or is it that a way for the, for people to? clear their minds of the shit that's going on we need downtime we need sleep both. our brain yeah our brains need sleep we're not 100 percent sure why but we know what happens when we sleep right so clearly sleep is important for our mental health we also know that having downtime and being able to shut off and unplug is important to that downtime right so you wonder if like the people that created the child skull helmet did they not have enough downtime? Did they need an adult coloring book? You know, they need to grab a couple of, you know, sticks of charcoal, go into a cave somewhere and draw pictures of, I don't know, people hunting buffalo or whatever. Well, this is a perfect segue for something else we wanted to talk about. And this is the link is on our Metaphysical Connection Facebook group. The locals discover jade stones showing alien contact in a cave in Mexico. That's that was it. That was their sci-fi of the day. This is this is their Star Wars maybe. In a forest in Venezuela, a cave full of jade stones have been discovered. Aside from the precious stones, the cave features some incredible carvings. The carvings are very complex and they depict kind of quote gray aliens unquote. With slim bodies, big heads, and large eyes, the amazing discovery was made public by journalist uh, Javier Lopez Diaz, as was pro uh, posted on his Twitter account. As you can ima ima imagine, it's immediately it, it immediately became viral. That's easy for me to say. Javier is convinced that these carvings depict real contact between ancient civilization and extraterrestrials. These space entities helped the creation of the Aztec and Mayan civilizations. According to experts, the carvings on the jade stones is completely authentic. Well, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> how soon, how soon is somebody going to come out and says, no, nope, bullshit. No, nope, it's a fake. It's a fraud. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the pictures now, and we have a link to this on our show page. 
Um, and I, I will be honest with you. I, this is another case of I, I, confirmation bias. I want it to be true, Jay. Right. Yeah. I want it to be true. So therefore, it is. And I mean that. I mean that with some, some, um, some bias on my part. I, 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 I completely and totally admit. And I'm trying to actually look at look for this Twitter account. There has to be two. There has to be more than one Javier Lopez Diaz because the one I'm looking at here has nothing to do. Well, with agent alien. Here's carbons. the thing, right? Because we know people make fakes. We know yep. people want to. You know, the the amateur archaeologist wants there wants to make the next discovery that's going to change the way we view our human history. Yep. Um, there was the the pots in I want to say it was Chile, could be Peru that my, mainstream archaeology believes are fakes, but some people really believe that they're not. There's um, potsherds that were found in the Mediterranean, no, the Caribbean that may contain the oldest form of written language, according to linguists, but not archaeologists. Um, and you look at that kind of stuff and you kind of go, well, what does all that mean? If Is that really something that's going to rewrite our understanding of, of human evolution, of human society? Is it really? Because of what the dirty secret a lot of people forget is that part of the reason why we believe the Fertile Crescent is the cradle of human society is because of religious texts. You know, the, the Bible, the, the Torah, and the Quran are part of the reason why we believe that, this, that mankind first started and society and civilization first started in the Fertile Crescent in um, what is now the Arabic continent. Yeah. That formed scientific opinion back in the day. Yeah. And modern scientists who, at least some of the vocal ones anyway, try and poo-poo anything religious, they're still teaching things based that were formed on an opinion that was heavily influenced right. at the very least by religious texts, by right. religious belief. So, I mean, it, at, at some point in time, we are going to find something that's going to cause us to change our understanding. But I don't think there's ever going to be a single find that's going to make us go, well, we were all wrong. You know, it's going right. to be something like, okay, well, how does this fit into the rest of it? You know, and does the scientific community want to kind of keep the lid on that until they understand how it fits in? Because there's a part of that too. Scientists, mm -hmm. at least in my opinion anyway, seem to be under a pressure to not only say we found this, but also be able to say at the same time, we found this and this is what it means because that is the purpose of science. So a scientist saying, Hey, look what I found is and going to be immediately handed. Well, what does this mean? How does right. this impact blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing to which the guy's going to go, Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> get back to me in 10 years. I'll find out. Yeah, you, know? I mean? uh, you know, so is, I am imagining that there's that pressure as well. Yeah. Now, um, let's also, for, for full disclosure here, this is from um, a website called Knowledge Time, knowledgetime.net, best place to get your daily knowledge dose. Um, this, is, this is a story that somebody had written 
about a day ago published on the site and apparently this might be an older this might be an older story that's been around for at least a year and just for whatever reason because i'm busy and i have a life this is the first time <laughs> that we've actually encountered this but one of the things that i want to talk about conscious confirm, confirmation bias for a second i'm looking at these and there's a part of me that wants to believe they're real because that's that's how I'm wired. I like to believe the fact that aliens have come and visited us. There is a very strong possibility, and I'm willing to admit this, that this is fake. I'm willing to admit that. Okay. Because um, because I'm a grown up. And the thing is, is that, but I'm also I'm also I'm also jaded about these jade stones because we we've, we've been burned before. We have had evidence where, oh, hey, look, I found this evidence. Perfect example. Some crop circles turn out to be made by pranksters. Totally. That doesn't mean that all of them are. Doesn't mean that all of them are. But the thing is, is that now you're kind of like when you see elaborate crop circles, you're like, no, uh, I think that I think that that might be fake. Um, do I, I mean, do I want it to be true? Yeah, I just said I wanted it to be true. Is it, is it true? I, we, we're, we're going to need some more evidence. And I, I just looked the story up and there's a lot of people who are like, kind of like him and hawing saying, no, this doesn't prove anything. And, and I have yet to find any evidence that anybody has done any carbon dating on this yet. I haven't, I haven't seen anybody do any sort of scientific research on this. So I'm just going to put this on the, the definite maybe, um, category of proof of of uh alien life visiting us ancient aliens visiting us yeah i think that's fair i mean truth is we don't know and like i said science is under a very strong um pressure right to not say they found something unless they can also explain what it means yeah and, and of course news organizations such as ours are desperate for sensational news they'll run with anything oh yeah but Something that did happen, and I wanted to bring this up, starting with an NPR article. 50 years ago, Americans made the second moon landing. Why doesn't anybody remember? Well, I'm sure the people who were around 50 years ago <laughs> remember the second moon landing. But um, Apollo 12 has sort of like been put on the back burner. People just don't seem to... Um, remember it that much it's yeah it, you know it's like um why yeah and the thing is is that why is it why is it that i mean i understand that you're never going to get it's never going to be quite as exciting doing the first thing the second time as it was the first does that make sense did i yeah no no i think you articulated that properly um but the thing is, is that after reading this article this was an actual better moon landing as it was it was more precise it was yeah. it was it was more refined even though the apparently the three astronauts on apollo 13 were jokesters but it's it really oh yeah oh you should read this article and how um some of the astronauts had snuck in playboy centerfold pictures into some of their important um uh procedure um binders <laughs> And little dirty jokes and cartoons and stuff like that. <laughs> the article's a riot, and it was like, and and um, uh, the, the the commander 
had you know brought his own own music and a variety of music from from Dusty Springfield, Johnny Cash, some other country music and stuff like that. These guys seemed like legitimate space cowboys. Oh man, I love that. And it was just like, but we we didn't we we didn't make a big deal out of it. We haven't commemorated commemorated it the same way as we did um, for Apollo Eleven. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. There is everyone has their sacred cows, right? The right. Things that they don't want um, change, altered, whatever. You know, everyone has something that means so much to them that they're frankly a little fucking bonkers about it. Everyone does, right? Um, so I'm wondering if there's if there's an aspect of that is because they were so expressive. You know, they brought their own music. They smuggled in essentially what was pornography at the time. Um, does that mean that they were perceived as not taking it seriously, even though it was technically a better moon landing? It was more precise. They gathered more information. They, you know, the the samples and stuff that they collected. Because you got to remember, the getting there is half the battle, right? And the goal of the at least for the scientists at NASA anyway, the goal of getting to the moon was not just to get to the moon to say we've been there. The goal was so we could find out what the hell's going on on the moon. Sure. What exactly the moon is, right? Right. So the second moon landing, and wasn't there a third and fourth one? How many times did we land on the moon? That's a funny question. Let's ask the Oracle of Google. Cue music. How many times did... We land on the moon. Six. We landed on the moon six times. Could have been seventh if it wasn't for Apollo 13. Right? <laughs> so, six moon landings. Right. You know? Um, it's kind of mind-boggling. The it, first one is the most important one, right? right? It's like, how many times have people been to the North Pole or South Pole? The first ones are the most important. Sure. But like, I'm wondering if the second one, because they were, I don't know, less professional in appearance, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Or is it just that, ah, oh my God, Neil this- already walked over there. Who cares? You know what I mean? Is that, is yeah. it just yeah. people blowing it off because, oh, well, the excitement's gone. Hey, you Carlotta, know? they landed on the moon again. Shut up. Get me a sandwich and a beer. Let's turn the channel. This is retarded. <laughs> I've seen this already. Where's the game? Right. Come on, you know? Celtics, win the pennant. You know? But it's, well, that's kind, of, that's kind of my point. You know, when it comes to scientific things like that, the excitement is being the first. Right. Right. Whereas in things that are more mundane, like not everyone can get in a spaceship and go somewhere. So it's not as immediate for us right anyone can grab a ball and go play baseball anyone can grab a ball and go play football you know you may not do it as well as the people that you're watching on television do it but you understand how it works you understand what it feels like when you you know you make contact with the ball and you send it you just tattoo it out in the center field right you understand that on some sort of visceral level so it's more entertaining for you. Right. Usually if I make contact with the ball, it's usually because I missed it. I missed catching it. It hit me right in the face. 
So I, I usually make contact with a different kind of ball. So <laughs> it's like Leave musicians it. have a different level of appreciation for music because right. they create music. Right. You know, people who play sports have a different appreciation for watching sports because of their personal associations with it. You know, you have a, a an interest and it's been a lifelong interest in science and science fiction. So things like the moon landing have more appeal to you sure. because of that. You have a more personal connection to it, right? So is it because popular society lacks that personal connection to science that causes that? Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shit on your point. No, you're done. That's okay. We're good. <laughs> but I do. So th- in other news. <laughs> so no, because no, the thing is, here's the thing, is that I could like what. I would like nothing more than to be able to explore space and podcast while I'm exploring space. I could watch videos on space exploration all afternoon. If there was a moon landing today, I'd be watching it because that's what I would like to do. I'll never do it. I'll never, I will never, I mean, unless something extraordinary happens, with science and technology within the next 20 years. I'm never leaving planet Earth, and that breaks my heart. If human beings landed on the moon two years from now, if America returned to the moon, or if the Chinese, or the Indians, the Russians, if Eskimos well, landed on if the Eskimos landed on the moon, that would be amazing. But if whoever lands on the moon... who you talk to, they may have already. Whatever. I, I would be fascinated and I'd want to watch that. I would like to see people land on the moon. I wish I was going with them. I wish that I could explore these regions where, allegedly, according to NASA conspiracy theorists, there are ancient alien artifacts on the moon. I would love to see, a. would like to be the guy who lands on those locations to see what's really there. What's now, in, here's, here's what's the, in the fascinating thing, yeah. right? Now, you are into conspiracy theories and all of that. You right. and I both, we right. like that. We right. enjoy that, right? Right. You're into the space exploration. I'm into exploration in general, not uh, n- not quite so fixated on space. But what would go through your mind? You land on the moon. You're part of the scientific expedition. You're you're walking on the surface of the moon and you're getting you're you're gathering like i don't know surveying data whatever the hell it is that they fucking do up there i have no idea and so you go down into this crater and you turn around and you see like what is clearly a manufactured entrance into the side of the moon what's the first thought goes through your head don't have a stroke don't have a heart attack don't die (laughs) catch your breath Catch your but breath. at some but at some point, being that you have an interest in conspiracy theories, I know for me anyway, if that was me and I'm on the moon, first thing to go through my head is, you know, even if I took a picture of this, they ain't gonna fucking believe Nobody's it. gonna believe me. See, but here's the thing, Jay. This is the thing about me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I honestly I've reached the point where I don't care. If I can go in there, Jay. And I can be the first to explore. If I can be the first human being to explore an abandoned alien structure or whatever whatever it would be, Eric Fisk would be remembered forever as the first human being to explore 
an ancient alien structure on the moon. I don't care. I don't care if you believe me or not. I know it happened. I'm not saying it actually happened. But I just for all those crazy people out there who seem to think that I'm insinuating something and I'm not. I know I know that there would be knuckleheads, the same knuckleheads who say that the earth is flat and we never landed on the moon. And everything that NASA produces is all those people drive me crazy and they're idiots. We won't I I don't want to talk about them too much. Yep. There's a point I've reached in my 50 years and a couple of months of living. I'm at the point where I don't care what you think about what I believe. I don't care. What Eric, you, Eric what? I'm going to fulfill a lifelong dream for you. Congratulations. You've just become Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> I don't care what you think. Here's the thing. And he, and I, I mean, let me just re- reiterate. Let me just rephrase here. I care what our listeners think. I care what our I care what my aunt and uncle think. I care what my wife thinks. I care what my sons think. Okay? My 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 brother Pete, I care what he thinks. Okay? There's a short list of people who I I care what they think. I don't want them to think that I'm that I'm I'm totally crazy. Just crazy enough. <laughs> But the people who don't listen to the podcast, don't visit our website, don't belong to our Facebook groups, the, the, the knuckleheads who think that I shouldn't be writing reviews for books like The Ancient, Alien, uh, the Ancient Civilization Enigma by Phil Copens, the people who don't care to hear about crazy conspiracy theories, I, those people don't count to me. They don't count. The people who count the most to me are like, the old listeners to the Art Bell show, people who who used to tune into Art Bell and listen to his show and say, hey, that's not saying that everything that comes out of Art Bell's mouth or his guest's mouth or the callers, but the thing is, is that there's a part of them that think, hey, that might be true. Or, hey, that would be wild if it was true. And like, to I, me, I would quantify those people as people who have not completely lost touch with their childlike fascination and imagination. Right. Their youthful enthusiasm for the future. Those are the people that I love and respect. The people who I have no respect for are the people who, like crazy Uncle George, who thinks that he has all the answers. He thinks that he is the highest life form in the universe next to God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Oh, but he's so much fun at parties when he gets drunk. Oh, my God. No, don't get me started with crazy Uncle George. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I totally get what you mean. I mean, the right. truth of the matter is that I think most people don't need to be believed by everybody. Right. Only those closest to them. And, again... You could be full of shit, totally making stuff up. Sure, sure. But as long as you're humored by the people around you who matter the most to you, you can live with that. The only thing that matters is that the possibility, even improbable. I love the I love the idea that people might be abducted by aliens and strange things are happening to them. That's scary and terrifying because it makes for a good campfire story. I totally admit that. 
Like, oh, I love the good campfire stories, I, too. I, you know, crazy, creepy campfire stories is like my heroine. I had the first <laughs> smack of that. I had the first hit of that. And, the, and that adrenaline rush. I've been, ch- I've been chasing that dragon since my early teens. Um, and, 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 and my, and my dad was also kind of into that. And I, and, and I, and I wanted to kind of close out the show because I had some closure with, with my dad. I had some closure with my dad's passing and I, I really wanted to, this also segues into, um, what, what is, what's Jay and Eric watching on, t- on, on TV or in the movies this week? Cause I spent a lot of time thinking about this yesterday. Thinking about my dad and my dad, I like to, th- I like to think that my dad was also a true believer and my dad, my dad's claims of his own close encounters of the strange kind were true. I like to believe that everything that he said and wrote and all of his experiences with the, and I'm putting air quotes, supernatural is true because my dad told some pretty wild stories and I believed mm-hmm. all of them or most of them. I don't know if my dad manipulated me by um, feeding into my need to know the truth, the truth that's out there. I don't know if my dad manip- was was manipulating me and stringing me along to get me to do what he needed me to do, so he can he can he can he can play with his modular motor driver or his his ultimate ham radio antenna tuner that was going to make him tens of millions of dollars. And why he needed me to keep making money so he can sleep until 11 o'clock in the morning and then work on this all day. And Because the thing is, there's aspects of my dad that was kind of like, my, my dad was a manipulator and a schemer. There's no other way to say it. But he was also, he was, he was one of the most angry, bitter, frustrated people I've ever known in my life. And, and other times he was the most kind, generous person you could possibly imagine. And he loved cats for some strange reason. So it makes him okay in my book. But the thing is, is that, um, I, mean, my, I mean, my dad had me convinced that he knew more than what he was telling. And there are other things that happened that back this up. There are strange things that happened that are either strange coincidences. They're not coincidences. But there were some people who said, hey, some of those things that your dad had told you, you, you should really keep, keep that stuff to yourself or there'll be consequences. Things that he told me, but he didn't tell the you know, you know my my brothers and sister that I know of, and and it was just like when I was closest to my dad was when we were like when we were listening to Art Bell, and we had these little exchanges. Wow, that's cool, or wow, that's weird, or that guy's full of shit. That was kind of cool. Yeah, you know when my dad and I we went to listen to this. I, I didn't. Um. There's, uh, there's uh, uh, Michael Rupert who was giving giving a talk around in it was I think it was either Santa Rosa or, or San Jose when we were out, out there and he was and 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 Michael Rupert was the, the subject of the documentary Collapse and he said like some crazy things it's like wow that would be like really wild if that was true it, it, you know like the entire economy of the world is going to collapse into chaos and we're going to have like world war three if saudi arabia suddenly runs out of oil 
And I thought that when they were talking about Saudi Arabia's collapse, I thought that once you suck all the oil out of the ground, Saudi Arabia was going to sink. <laughs> the entire the entire country of Saudi Arabia was just going to go thump, and all this ocean water was going to rush right through. <laughs> and Saudi Arabia was going to be a sea. I took it too literally because I probably had too much caffeine and not enough sleep. And we gave Michael Rupert a ride, and he was like one of the craziest guys that, listening to him and talking about his crazy conspiracy theories. And it was like, and talking about crazy conspiracies gives me a sense of still being close to my dad, who's been, who's, who, who passed away a couple of years ago. And, and I put this off for as long as I could to get the, the, the last little tiny little bit of inheritance slash insurance money from my dad. And because the thing is, I because first of all, I, I don't want people to think that, oh, I, I was in a big, huge hurry to get this money. I didn't I didn't want this money. I, I you know, this is the last thing I wanted, because the thing is, as soon as I got the money, dad's really gone now. Like, he's, yeah, and there's no there's nothing left to get from him anymore. Um. And it was, and the checks arrived yesterday, and it was like that's like, wow, that's 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 like that's really it. That's like really the end. He's really really gone, and there's nothing there's nothing left from him to me that's that'll ever unless somebody should you know find something in some one of his crazy storage boxes or one of one of one of his. Um, safety security boxes in a bank that somebody turns over someday and says, hey, we found this thing of your dad's. Or if Ed Rauer will find something of my dad's and send it to me. There's nothing left of dad for me to recover that I know of. And and, um, and I was thinking about like all the, all the shit that my dad did. And my dad devoted his, his life to build some kind of legacy that was built on, on this pipe dream. Dad wanted to build this amazing piece of technology that was going to save the world or change the world, whether whether it was his advanced ham radio antenna tuner or the modular motor driver or 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 some other like weird invention of his. And that's and and, and, and he devoted so much of his life to that, Jay, that he neglected his marriages and he neglected his relationships with his five other kids. And 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 nobody gave up as much as I did to try and help my dad see his dream come true. And to the point whereas dad did some shady shit with money. Like I gave yeah. dad money for, for for the rent where when my dad was living with me in Air, Massachusetts. And I said, here's the money for the rent. Make sure this gets to the landlord. And it never got to the landlord. And six months later, I'm, I'm evicted. Oh, great. Thanks, dad. Yeah. And he 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 went up and he went to the hills of, of Vermont to 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 reconnect with his quote Vermont roots. The guy was was born in Chicago. He has he has about as much roots in Vermont as a man in the moon. And it and and I was watching Man in the High Castle. And I don't have you seen any episode of Man in the High Castle? I have not. Spoiler alert. Uber 
Abengubenfuhrer John Smith, the American regional Fuhrer of North America, after in this alternate alternate reality, the Allies lost to the Germans and the Japanese because they were the develop they were able to develop the atomic weapon first, and they they um, nuked um, Washington D.C. And that's how the Germans won in this alternate version, originally created by Philip K. Dick. And mm-hmm. and essentially, one of the main characters, John Smith, in a series of flashbacks. And again, spoiler alert. John Smith has his wife and their starving kid because there's no food. The infrastructure of the United States had collapsed because... Washington, D.C. was blown up and the infrastructure was ruined. And to save his family, to feed his kids, John Smith, who was an officer in America's Army, United States Army, after the surrender switches over to um, the Nazis so he can feed his son. So his son won't starve. And everything that he did was to build this legacy for his son so that his son will have a, 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 a life. His son will be allowed to live. And unfortunately, again, spoiler alert, he has a genetic disease that it's crippling disease and he's euthanized by the Nazis in this alternate reality. And John Smith is able to visit himself in the last season in, another, in our alternate reality, I guess, where he sees himself who took a job selling insurance to provide for his family. And everything revolved around the love of his son, who he wound up losing anyway. Because his, in, in our reality, his son Thomas joins the Marines, and apparently, apparently he's going to die in Vietnam, because this is like in the alternate 1960s. Yeah. Um. And everything, the legacy that he tried to build for himself, his wife, he winds up losing his wife. His wife, his wife decides to leave him because he gets, he goes too far down the Nazi rabbit hole. And um, he, he does everything he can to build a life for his family. He forgets to have a real meaningful relationship with his son. And I'm like, shit, that's my dad. That's my dad was consumed with, quote, building a legacy, quote, unquote. So he could make a name for himself in the electrical engineering field. And he forgot to have a relationship with his wives and kids. And, and you know, and the one, the one kid who stood with him and who, who I, and there were times I worked two jobs so that dad could finish his, his, his project. Eventually he burned me out. Everything. And I know how much you, I mean, you, you worked at the relationship with your father I I remember, at, your, I, I, at your wedding, which was the first time I met your dad. Um, I remember that you, you were kind of struggling because you knew how he could be. Right. And I was trying to keep, I was trying to keep, I was trying to, I was trying to keep dad, keep him dialed down to Chuck at volume two <laughs> so that he wouldn't alienate everybody else. Yeah. And he tried to drive a wedge between my wife and I. Yeah. And um, and the thing is that it was just like 
Am I working too hard to build a legacy with the Fedora Chronicles in this podcast? I'm neglecting my relationship with my kids. That I, that really worries me a lot. So I have this I have this money from dad, from, from dad's insurance, the last bit of money from dad, and I'm looking at it and it says, "What lasting legacy can I buy with this money that the kids would say I'm really glad that dad did that." Or am I going to buy more equipment for the podcast and 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 buy another desktop for so I can like work on the Fedora Chronicles and and start doing videos and stuff like that? Well, can I ask you a question? Of course. Is there any reason why you can't combine the two? I, Meaning, and, well, Harris, get your kids involved in it? Oh or? no, there's. There, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I I I would like to be able to do with Alan and Harrison. But the thing is, is that. And here's the thing that makes me angry about my dad. One of the times that I was really angry with my dad, my oldest son was up all night crying because he had the night terrors for whatever reason. And he was like two or three or four years old. And I remember when I had the night terrors when I was that age. And where was my dad? Where was my dad when I was that age and I had the night terrors? My dad wasn't around. My dad was doing whatever it is. Chuck was out doing Chuck things. He was not, he was, he was a lousy father. Between the ages of, of, of four and a half to 17 and 11 months, my dad was a lousy non-existent father who's not around. Literally, he was not around. He tried to make contact with us for a couple of times. Things didn't work out for reasons I'll get into some other podcast. But my dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really I was really angry at my dad for not being there when I needed a dad the most. I remember when I was in a high uh, in the fifth grade, we were doing a play, Jacob Tutu and the Hooded Fang. And it hit me, my dad's not out in the audience, and I started to cry just minutes before I was about to go on stage and do my lines, and I rushed through my lines. And to this day, I shudder to think, I really missed my dad. There were times I really, really missed my dad. Like the first time I saw Star Wars in the movie theater, I really missed my dad. There were times when I'd hear about kids doing things with their dad. My dad was just simply not around. My Uncle Bob was more my dad than my dad was, and we only saw him maybe a couple of times a year, until my aunt Jenna, my uncle Bob moved to you know to Brattleboro, and there's another there's a story about Brattleboro that I wanted. To, I'm going to tie into. I promise you. <laughs> and the, and the thing is that it was just like building a lasting. You know, I have no lasting legacy with my dad other than frustration. And everything every and my dad would not take a job like I have to take care of the family. I got a job. It's not in my field. It's the first job I can get so I can so I can take care of my family. Well, isn't that in a way part of the legacy that you got from your father? The fact that he taught you how to be a better father, even if it was by negative examples. Examples of what not to do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's there's something to be said for that. I mean, you've got to be honest about who you, the kind of person your father was. And I think you have been, right? Now, even in that honesty, there's a little bit of bias, but you recognize who your father is, the kind of person he was. You've acknowledged that you, that's not the kind of person you want to be. 
and you've actively made steps to not be that person, which I think personally is very commendable. It's not easy for someone to admit that their parent, whether it's mother or father, is not someone that they want to be. I mean, personally, I have the exact opposite experience. I've been very blessed to have great parents who are very good people that as an adult, that I, as the more I've gotten to know them, the more I care for them, the more I appreciate them and, and the sacrifices right. that they made for me and my siblings as we were growing up. So it's somewhat amazing to me, knowing what I know of your family life and your personal history, that <laughs> you're not some sort of serial killer. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's, that's something of an awful thing to say, but it's also a testament to the willpower of a single person and the desire to be something right. more. Right. Right. You know, um, I mean, we're, we're, t we're on a podcast. This podcast exists purely because you want it to, and you have taken the steps and made the sacrifices necessary to get right. there while at the same time, wanting to be a better father for your children right. at the same time, right. wanting to be a better husband to your wife. Um, it takes a lot to balance all of that. Right. And are you perfect at it? Well, no. No, there are, there are days like this morning, like I suck at it. Yeah, but at, at the same time, you're, you keep trying. And that, to me anyway, is the most important thing. Right. Is that you keep trying. You keep realizing, okay, this may, be the, may not be where I want to be, but I'm getting better. Right. I'm getting there. Right. Um, so, you know, good on you, dude. Well, thank you very much. But the thing is, is that all of this has made me go down this rabbit hole. And I did a, because coincidentally, across our news desk, and I cannot find the link anymore, I thought, I, thought I, I linked to it in one of our groups. And somebody had posted this. It's a bogus article. It turns out that this article has been debunked. What do all school shooters have in common besides guns? They come from fatherless homes or no male role model figure, except for one shooter who did actually have a dad at home. And a lot of people are saying that that theory has been debunked. And that the reason why the re and the, the, the problem with today's youth can be traced back to kids not having a, a, a moral father figure or, or, or a moral role model, somebody who says, or leads by example, don't do that. Don't be a shithead. Don't do things like that because the consequences are awful. And there are a couple of articles that I was looking at here, and they're talking about the father, father's absence and child development. And I will tell you firsthand, you know, um, like I have abandonment issues. I have issues with... Um, like when, when Walt and I parted company because, because I, 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 cause I, I'll be, I'm, I'm, this is the first time I've, I'm ever actually saying this. We recorded an interview with a big name author and somehow the audio got lost and Walt said, I, I'm not doing, I'm not doing the podcast anymore. It was kind of like, it's kind of like, and I was also, I was also driving like 16 hours a day driving for Lyft because I need, because I needed to make money for my family. And it was and I was, and I, 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 I fucked up and it really hurt me that Walt said, I'm not doing the podcast anymore. 
And because of this fuck up, because he was embarrassed and he worked really hard to get this guest and he, and he had every right to be pissed. Now I'm freaking paranoid because now I'm looking at all sorts of like external recording equipment to make sure that this, I want to have three or four audio recorders so that never freaking happens again. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and the thing is that it was just like, Walt was kind of like a father figure to me or a big brother figure to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I, I put up with a, a, a lot of shit. Maybe it wasn't shit. Maybe it was just because Walt and I butted heads on a couple of, of, of issues doing the podcast. And I caved because I didn't want to lose Walt as a friend. There yeah. are some ep- there are some podcast episodes that I didn't want to do, but we did it because Walt really wanted to do it. And there are some episodes I really wanted to do that Walt didn't want to do. But I caved because I didn't want to lose that friendship with Walt. And... um. My relationship with my dad, I, I, you know, I caved and I did things to make dad happy so that he can keep working on his freaking projects and somehow someday make the tens of millions of dollars that never, that never happened, <laughs> that never arrived. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking at the story here. I'm looking at the Keen Sentinel for Thursday, November 21st, 2019. And it's a cover story from my hometown, Brattleboro, Vermont. And, it, and this is from Paul Kuno Booth, Sentinel staff, Brattleboro to sue over opioid crisis. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say something. The opioid crisis exists because young people such as myself are trying to fill a need, trying to fill a gap in their lives. And that they've tried so many other things and it doesn't, nothing's caught on. But drugs, that's it, pal. You can take some drugs and you can check right the fuck out for a couple of hours or a couple of minutes if you've built up a tolerance. The town of Brattleboro, Vermont, like other towns have before, want to sue pharmacy chains and specific doctors who have been handing out opioids for chronic pain like like it's candy. Why is there so much pain? Why is there so much emotional strife? Why, Why are people turning to drugs or even worse, suicide? And is it wrong of me to say, even though I have personal experience in this, Jay, because I have looked for I've, I've, I've looked for approval in all the wrong places at times in my life. Like getting, in, getting involved with one of the local churches. And the pastor yeah. turned out to be, the pastor turned out to be an asshole. There's no other yeah. way to say it. The pastor at the bottom of the hill on Middle Winchenden Road turned out to be an asshole. A judgmental prick who kept... Uh, um, <clears throat> spiritual approval at the end of a stick instead of a carrot as a means of getting people to tithe more. I I don't know why he fucking did it, but he turned out to be an asshole. And I bought into some of the shit he said because I want, Hey, I need, I I need somebody's approval. You know, I had, I had the wrong friends in high school and college because I needed fucking approval. I hung out with the wrong crowd because I needed like the, hey, there's hip and with it guys who are, and it was, gets back to the whole John Smith thing from Man in the High Castle. 
Right. You get on this path and some people don't have enough strength to say, this is fucked up. I'm going down the wrong path. I'm getting off. Thanks. I'm all set. Well, or, or to kind of tie in what you said about the drugs, sometimes they know they're going down the wrong path. They feel awful about it. They don't see how to get out or they lack the courage to do what's necessary to get out. So they get deeper and deeper. They go deeper into the rabbit hole. They go further down that path. That's, you know I mean? that's not an that's not an unfair observation. Yeah. And there are th- and the thing is is that there's a handful there's a handful of people that need to know. The reason why I'm still here is because they gave a shit. You know, my my aunt and uncle. A handful of other people. I'm getting a message here saying we need to wrap this up quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the thing is to me anyway for every life has a lesson in it. Right, usually several, but you, human beings being the way we are, we we tend to only can learn one thing at a time from people. One of the things I've learned from you, as you've gone through your life, and as as I've seen you go through your life as your friend, that the one thing that someone can do to piss Eric Fisk off, right, is to try and control him, right? Yeah. Like the one thing that I've seen in common when the thing that's your father would do that would piss you off is. You'd realize he's trying to control you. He's trying to manipulate you. Yeah. Um, same thing with the pastor. You know, you pull the plug when people try and control you, and that's it. To me, is an admirable thing because for you, it's not that they're influencing you. That I've noticed anyway. You readily acknowledge when people are influencing you, and influence is fine because influence is a passive thing, right? They are the way they are, and then you are influenced by them because you want to be more like them or you want to not be like them in that way, whatever. But when someone is trying to manipulate you consciously to try and get something from you or try and get you to do something for them or try and just be a different person than who you are, consistently in the 20-plus years that you and I have been friends, I have seen you pull the plug on that relationship whenever something like that happens. That's admirable to me that you can recognize it. You have that line that you do not cross. And when you see it happen, you're consistent in how you handle it. That's a good thing. Thank you. Um, I don't think you have a whole lot to worry about in terms of your relationship with your kids. I, I know your kids. I know your wife. I think they all recognize that you work hard to try and be a good father, a good husband. And I think they all know that. And I think they all appreciate that. And I think that's, there's a lesson to be learned there too. I try and be a good father to my children. Tried to be a good husband to my ex-wife. Um, clearly that didn't work out, but right. my kids I know appreciate me. And yeah. they, they recognize the effort that I put into the relationship. And in the at the end of the day, that's really the most that you can expect from them right because they're children you know even as they grow into adulthood and they get to know you as a person and not just as a mythological figure bearing the the name dad as they get to know eric fisk the person the nature of your relationship with them is going to change it changed with my father it changed with you and your father and that's just part of growing up right you know 
we went through the same thing with our mothers as well. Yeah. Although being guys from the eighties, I think we tend to look more towards our fathers. Um, that's the human experience, man. Yeah. That's, that's how we all go through life. That's how we, we learn who we are, who we want to be and who we do not want to be. Right. Um, there's going to be missteps along the way. People are going to make mistakes. Right. You know, um, we just, all we can really hope for is that the mistakes they, they make don't have lasting permanent impairments right. on their lives. Right. One thing I've learned dating a nurse is that sometimes shit happens. People do something stupid and they pay a price for the rest of their lives right. about it. You know, um, it may be something as a direct result of their own stupidity. It may be a result of someone else's stupidity. You know, um, there are people that she's treated who are in their situation from through no fault of their own. You know, like someone gets hit by a drunk driver. Yeah, file this and shit happens. Exactly. That's not, it's not anything that they did to cause that to happen, but they yeah. are still dealing with the consequences. In some cases, it means they may never walk again. In other cases, it means, you know, that for, for the rest of their life, they're going to have to deal with a chronic pain right. that science currently cannot do anything to resolve. Um, and sometimes it's because of their own stupidity. Yeah. You know, they got drunk and decided that they were going to walk a, a tightrope on the top of a chain link fence, which clearly is not going to work, <laughs> especially barefoot. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. We do stupid things, and we just hope the consequences of those stupid things are not going to impair us. I've been very lucky that in the mountain of stupidity that I've climbed in my life and dumb things that I've done, none of that has permanently yeah. impaired me in any way. You know, And there are things that my children have learned from me by dint of the fact that negative example. Right, you know? right. And I, I mean... We all do that. Right. And I... Uh... But, the, but this also brings us to the audience of the podcast because I was thinking about this. And the thing is, is that let's be honest, Jay. I really like talking to you once a week. This is my excuse to talk to Jay and vent about what's going on in the news. Yeah. But also, there are a handful of people who have had similar experiences. They, they have similar experiences and they have attached themselves to cinematic role models and father figures like I did when I was younger. And what I think the thing is, is that I lose touch with sometimes is that I, for, I forget that those are also the people I'm doing this podcast for. I'm doing this podcast for them. I'm doing it for myself, not going to lie. I, yeah. do it for, I do it for you, to be yeah. honest. I do it because I like to make my wife and her friends laugh um, over the crazy things that we say. But I also do this for our audience. I do this for the people who belong to our Facebook groups and our Twitter followers and all the people who had found us. Because I know what it is like to be, and I want to be the voice that says to them, you're not alone. You are not alone in this universe. You're not alone in this world. You have somebody who is a couple of clicks away. I won't always be able to answer the phone. Like a, but like a, a listener of ours had, had called, uh, called me and just wanted to talk about horrible health problems. I, I, another, I, I'm, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this anyway because I said that I would. 
this guy had sent me, and I don't know how to help him. I honestly do not know how to help this guy. But he just reached out here, and I was I was going to light this light this guy up, and I realized no, he's in a hard way, and he sent me this text message, and he says, "I'm I'm actually I'm actually a cell phone provider sales rep now, and I'm just going around checking with friends and family if I can benefit their cell cable internet bills or service. They give me a lot of promos and deals." You can't get online or through the phone, so I've been reaching out to see if I can help. I've only talked to this guy once in my life, and it was just like, what would make him do that? What would like a complete stranger solicit for business? And I and I thought to myself, he's in a hard way. He's got to generate sales. Yeah, and I was going to light this guy. What kind of asshole would do something like that? And I and and I realize he considers me a friend. And thought that I would I would help him generate sales, and it was just like, and I don't think anybody would ever say you don't do that to friends. And I've done stupid shit because shit, I gotta fucking find a way to make some cabbage here. Yeah, I gotta grow some cabbage here quick. And the thing we're is, not gonna, did, did, we're what? not going to talk about the spaghetti incident in '93, nor the rubber gummy pants. Just so we're clear. Oh God! All right. But the thing is, is that there was an incident with the rubber gummy pants and Jason, no. we're not doing oh. this. We're not going down this road. We said no. <laughs> but we thought about it. <laughs> we thought about it. After the rubber gummy no, but pants it, that came is, back. That is an important thing to get across. Um, to anyone who listens to us, if you find us on our, on our Facebook page, you can send us a message. And we will be there to yeah. we'll listen. We may not have much we can do in terms of support or words of consolation right. or anything. There may not be much we can do, but hell, we'll we'll listen. We'll let you know right. we're there. Right. And sometimes that's that's all you can do for somebody. But hey, we're willing to do that because there. Look, there was an awful, awful night a couple of nights after my friend committed suicide. I was feeling the worst I had ever felt in my life until that fortunate night that I went to see Howard the Duck at the midnight show. So, <sighs> see, I'm, see I'm, the therapy was helping with that one, though. So. Yeah. Carry see, on. see, here's the thing. I'm trying. Here it is. I'm making a joke about something serious, yeah. and I was at my worst. I felt the worst I had ever felt in my life, and my aunt took two minutes to call me and. Ask, first of all, what the fuck is wrong with you kids these days? And are you okay? That call probably saved my life. And George Decay likes to say, it's going to be okay. It's going to get better. And he's talking to kids who are in the LGBT alphabet soup, alphabet people uh, um, of the alternate persuasion. And he's right. But there are kids who are nerds, geeks, dorks, indie cosplayers, kids who are into the paranormal, supernatural podcasts who need a friend. And if you, seriously, if you need help, just drop us a line. And if you have a question and you, and you want to reach out to the readers, send us your questions. Um, so, I mean, that's it. Wow, this thing got really heavy and I wasn't expecting to Dude, go yeah, here. Yeah, this was... We weren't expecting to go here. We thought we were just going to pick on Epstein and, you know, and, you know, talk about some other shit. I mean, we didn't even get to talk about the suspended animation thing. Yeah. We're going we'll to do that next time. We're going to have to say that. I'm going to get my phone starting to blow up, dude. All right. 
All right, Jay, thank you for another awesome podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you. This has been a, this is a kind of heavy one, but I think it was something that we needed to say. You bet. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you will get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for the Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles radio show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles news. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>